Good evening, Demon fans, and welcome back to the Demonland podcast. My name is Andy, and well, what a week it's been uh, for the Demons. Uh, our match was postponed as a result of a positive COVID test to one of our opposition's players. A new date for that match is still in limbo, and as a result, we may have effectively uh, been punished um, uh, as a result, uh, you know, for something that we uh, had no control over. Um, joining me tonight to discuss this strange uh, weekend is regular co-host Grapeviney. Good evening, Grapeviney. Good evening, Andy, and uh, good evening to all the Demon Landers out there. Also joining us tonight, uh, long-time Demon Lander George. Welcome back, George. Good evening, Andy. Good evening, Grapeviney and everyone else. It's obviously a very normal season we're having here. We've got the two Magpies teams at the top of the ladder in June. Richmond's in ninth position. Seems like a normal year to me. Absolutely. But uh, what, what, a, what a strange uh, uh, weekend it, it was. Um, uh, before we go into the, like, the timeline of, of the events, uh, where, where were you guys uh, when you found out uh, that we were not going to be uh, playing this weekend, George? Uh, how did you find out? Um, oh, I found out when I was trying to uh, install KO on, on, my, <laughs> uh, on my screen so that I made sure that I had coverage no matter what happened. Uh, in this year, but um, it was all a complete and utter waste of time in the end. Uh, a great Viney, uh, how'd you find Andy, it? I'll never forget the <laughs> time and the day and where I was when I learned that Connor McKenna had attended an open house inspection <laughs> and our forthcoming game was to be cancelled. Uh, I was watching the uh, footy that afternoon, so I, um, I, I think I had Demon Land open, so I, um, I knew fairly quickly and tuned in to Gill's press conference and had steam coming out of my ears a short time uh, a short time after uh, before we go into uh, like what uh, what we thought should have happened uh, you know obviously because we're the ones that were put out by it we're going to have sort of stronger opinions on this uh, the wider football world might not and might call us whingers but we'll get into that in a minute uh, the, the timeline of sort of events seems to be, um, I'm not sure when he attended. Does anyone know when he possibly attended some open houses, like when that occurred? Um, I don't know anything, Andy. You you are aware that he's returned a negative test yes, today. Yes, I, I, I yeah. we'll, we'll get it. We'll get into that. But that 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 just puts more doubt on the on the whole situation and even. COVID testing in general for the general public, uh, what that all means yep. and and um, stuff like, um, you know, if you've had it in the past, can you get it again? Is Does something remain? In, you know, it just puts doubt over the whole, you know, the whole thing. It sort of highlights it even more. So, so that's a frustrating thing for the general public. But on Wednesday, uh, June 17th, he, he's tested for COVID. Uh, well, they gave him the COVID test as they do for all the teams. Do you know what the procedure is with teams? Like I know that 48 hours prior to playing they have to have a test, but do they have tests during the week? Do you know what – do either of you know what the testing uh, procedure is for teams? No. No. <laughs> I, I, I'm, not a, I'm not aware of anything specific, but it sounds like they've had a number of tests during the week for, for teams. Um uh, yeah, I, I really wouldn't know what the AFL's prescribed. Well, he he's had a test on the Wednesday, so uh, they at least have a few days. A week. Yeah, it must must be on Friday uh, in the morning. He's returned uh, returns a negative test. Test. 
He completes uh, uh, contact training with teammates that day. Uh, according to what I read, it was his fifth negative test since returning from Ireland. Um, then on Friday afternoon, he's tested. They're tested for COVID again, so they must be if they tested if they were tested Wednesday and then tested on Friday two days later must mean they have multiple tests uh, leading up to the games. So he's tested, been tested on the Friday afternoon, uh, so after he's trained in the morning. Uh, the next day on Saturday, uh, no more than 20 minutes after he arrived at the club, uh, he is told that his Friday test returned a low-grade irregularity. What that means, we don't know, and that's also... Well, I think it just means like a low viral load, so it showed up, but but not in a significant way, but enough to suggest that he'd had, had so- it. Is it is it like being half pregnant? I I, I don't I don't know. Um, well, so as a result, he, he's tested again and told not to train, and presumably he was sent home. And um, but I guess the question is, and what you know they've been trying to ascertain is who did he have contact with? Uh, it seems that they have uh, all clubs seem to be required to videotape uh, training. Um, I don't know what that means. Uh, do they have a, ca- a wide-angle lens camera showing everyone and everything you come in contact with? Obviously, they don't have cameras following every single person and what they're doing within the uh, four walls of the training facilities. Um, so after that, uh, Saturday afternoon, Essendon and the AFL are informed of uh, McKenna's positive COVID-19 results, uh, but you know he hadn't shown any symptoms. And then... I guess uh, we all know what happened in terms of, um, you know, them postponing the game. Um, So I'll I'll go to you, Grapeviney, first. Um, What do you think should have happened? Obviously, the AFL probably have, I I don't know if they had hard and fast rules themselves of what would happen if someone returned a positive test by the outcome of what's actually happened with them postponing and and playing it well they haven't given a date but they've said it'll be played at some time at a later date they obviously have some plans but but what do you think should have happened in this week should should they have been forced to forfeit are you happy with what's happened give give me your thoughts Uh, I think it's a it's a close call in terms of uh, the forfeiting Um, look whether he that do uh, uh, depends to some extent on whether he broke the rules, and they've been a little bit, um, a little bit vague about that. Um, uh, you know, I think I don't know whether he was allowed to attend the house inspections, or a suggestion that he might have attended family gatherings that were he was not meant to. Um, but look, we we had two players who fell foul yep. of the rules. Um, uh, only a short time ago ourselves. We're lucky that neither Spargo nor Cozzy um, got COVID. It could have been us. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. And maybe uh, we would and be... And I, I don't think there would have been as many calls for the four points to be um, handed up um, had the shoe um, been on the other foot. So, um, look, I, th- I think on balance, um, the AFL's probably done the right thing. Um, in not giving us the four points and the match will be rescheduled. I expect that the season will be further interrupted. Um, I was extremely surprised um, uh, that the AFL and presumably health authorities 
determined that only one of his teammates required, was required to go into um, quarantine, um, given that he'd had a meeting with um, the eight other backmen and, and trained, and uh, I was surprised. Um, I mean, we were watching... Uh, um, Sydney were playing North when the news came through. And, of course, Essendon had played Sydney the week before. And I was surprised that the AFL um, didn't immediately take sort of action there. And Yeah, but he didn't, he didn't play, though, in that game. Uh, no, but he'd been back already in the country for some time. He would yeah. have been with his teammates. And at that stage, they wouldn't have known when he was... Um, uh, you know when it uh, uh, when he was sort of contagious. So um, yeah, I, I just I found found it all to be a bit perplexing. But um, I appreciate too that the AFL is making it up as they go to a great extent, and and society at large is having to do that. And um, uh, as we're seeing with the spike in cases in Victoria, um, things aren't always going to plan. No, no definitely not. And uh, I guess you know that we're. They're saying that they they've got to be flexible with everything, flexible in the in the um, you know uh, the fixturing and in terms of perhaps having bye weeks at certain points so that they can sort of make up games that um, that have been interrupted. Um, I wonder how that's going to work out if a team like Essendon something happens to them again. Uh, you know, there's only a certain amount of bye weeks they can have. And if it's the same team over and over, uh, if it happens two or three times and they have forfeit or cancel a couple of games along the way, they're not going to be able to make up one particular team. There's not going to be three bye weeks for that team to, to mm-hmm. make up. Uh, if it's just Melbourne Essendon and then down the line, it's, uh, you know, Sydney, whoever, uh, they can do that. But, uh, yeah, it's going to... It's going to be a hairy situation if it's the same team over and over again. Uh, George, uh, thoughts? Uh, forfeit? Not forfeit? Uh, <laughs> I, I, I think Grapevine summed this up beautifully in the one word, and that's perplexing, um, simply because we don't know the facts behind the matter at this stage. Uh, we don't know how infectious he was at this stage. We don't know whether... Um, he's broken any AFL rules or community rules in any case. Um, it might be sheer and utter bad luck. Um, but um, I think we've, as a club, we've got to listen to what uh, I think Josh Marnie said during the week, and that is that we need to be resilient about these things. Uh, a lot of these things are being made up on the run simply because they have to be. Um, the clubs are collectively in a dire position. The AFL's in a dire position if games don't go ahead. Um, there's an awful lot of money invested on in making um, the broadcast deal work for the, for, uh, the broadcasters this year. Um, I think it was interesting. There was some conversation from one of the um, people on Demon Land about the fact that some of these players just don't seem to get, get it about what's at stake here. Um, <clears throat> they... Um, uh, the McKenna situation and even our own situation with uh, Cozzy and Spargo, uh, Ollie Wines from Adelaide. Uh, the AFL is expecting these players to actually hold to a higher standard than what uh, the community is being expected to, simply because the risks are that this whole competition this year might just fall in a big heap, uh, which will put out put a lot of people out of a job, more so than what they have at the moment. Um, 
let's just hope that a few people can pull their heads in and do what they're meant to be doing. Um, but in the, at the end of the day, as Josh said, we've just got to wear what we've got. Um, I think uh, Jack Piney was similar, just we're concentrating on Geelong this week. It's no use worrying about the, what's gone under the bridge. Um, just get on with what's been put in front of us and, and uh, play a game of footy. Yeah, I, I think my position on this has softened a little bit. I, I was sort of in the in the four points uh, camp, but not not so much to get a freebie out of it. I was more put out by the fact that uh, we're going to have to play Essendon at some point later in the year, or possibly in a couple of weeks when they do the next lot of fixturing, and that would obviously mean that we'd have to play sort of a midweek game, or, or they'd have to sort of possibly uh, shoehorn us in somewhere, which means potentially we'd have to play three games in a nine, maybe 10-day period. Uh, um, and doing something like that puts, uh, you know, means we've got to manage our loads, uh, you know, to, to suit that, to, to fit that in, meaning, you know, we, it affects the game, you know, before the, the, the post, you know, the re- the new game with Essendon, that game with Essendon, and the game after that, and possibly the game after that, uh, you know, we're going to have to manage loads of training and all that. So it puts us out. We haven't actually done anything wrong, but, you know, when you look at the um, Cozzy and Spargo situation, possibly it could have happened to us. It might happen to us in the future, um, and it could be something that, um, uh, you know, a player could contract it, through you know no fault of their own, it could happen because we play another team that that someone has it. So it, it, look, it could could happen to us. So my position softened a little, but I, I was more put out by the fact that we're going to suffer down down the track, and it's something that that we had you know nothing to do with. Um, and, and at the time, it, sort of early in the week, there was the thought that um, that there were perhaps eight players from Essendon that weren't going to be uh, allowed to play, that they'd have to quarantine for two, two weeks and uh, their whole back line, in fact, because um, uh, they've been training, you know, in groups of eight, you know, in position line positions. So uh, I, I was a little bit put out because they were going to play, perhaps play Carlton this week without a back line and, Therefore, Carlton are the big winners out of this. Um, and, and that sort of uh, put my nose out of joint a bit. Th- there was uh, talk, you know, well, perhaps we should play Essendon uh, midweek, as in tomorrow. Um, but apparently Melbourne were given the um, the assurance by the AFL, it seems, uh, you know, on, on Saturday that there wasn't going to be a, a midweek game, a make-up game uh, that, uh, the, that quickly, so we were given permission to to play the um, uh, play the intra club game uh, this week. So, yeah, I, I guess I've, I've softened a little bit. Um, it is what it is, and look, there might be more bumps along the road as we go. And um, there's yeah. already been enough bumps that the season is compromised um, beyond rescue. Anyway, our round one game was a non-game, if we're honest about it. Told half an hour before that mm-hmm. the season was about to shut down indefinitely. So, um, really, we've played one one proper competitive game of football in about eleven months, and you know we had a last minute training session um, thrust upon us um, on the weekend. So, um, I think for a lot of people, and I, I get in this sense reading the board that interest is waning in the season. 
Um, it certainly is waning in non-MFC games. We're seeing a lot of uh, a lot of sides going quarters, halves, three quarters without scoring. Um, uh, sides kicking four, five, and six goals for a game, sometimes winning, uh, sometimes as a winning score even. Um, and uh, I think that uh, um, yeah, there's there's been so many compromises that. Uh, uh, it's 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 pretty hard to to convince yourself that it's a normal season. Yeah, I I agree with that as well, Jase. That the um, uh, uh, it's it's difficult for anybody to take it seriously. The um, I did a couple of stats on the games that have been held this year, and apart from our withdrawn game and the drawn game between uh, Richmond and uh, Collingwood, uh, that. Uh, that leaves 25 games having been played in the first three rounds. 21 of those games, whoever was leading at quarter time won the match. Um, I, I can't recall uh, teams not being able to come back or whether the coaches are going super defensive in the last three quarters or once they get their nose in front. But it's not a good spectacle of what we're seeing at the moment. But like I said, the AFL have only got one interest and that's, that's to make sure that something is put before the... Uh, broadcasters um, so that they can get them the money that ultimately is going to pay for the clubs to continue to operate to, into next yeah. year. Um, yeah. It's a pity, but we just got to put up with it, I think, in the, in the short term. I think you're right. There's no alternative. Uh, the AFL has to press ahead. And I don't think they can come out and say, oh, well, you know, the premiership won't count and this is just a, you know, like a round robin thing or something. I, I think they have to keep up the pretense that it's the real deal. And, um, yeah, we've got to keep our fingers crossed that, uh, that we can return to normal next year, um, hopefully on the back of a vaccine. Indeed. Yeah, there's, at the moment, there's no certainty that that's going to be the case, uh, you know, uh, and particularly in light of um, uh, McGregor, McGregor's testing uh, that's come back today, saying that uh, he's negative. Um, it'll be interesting Obviously, they're going to retest him again. Uh, that'll be interesting to see what happens uh, there too. Um, it's it's um, yeah, interesting uh, times ahead. I, I find with other games, non-Melbourne games, I, I'm I've definitely sort of lost interest in that. Uh, you know, the, we were talking about this before air. The lack of the crowds um, sort of take something away from the game. I, don't, I just don't, I can't put my finger on it. Um, it's, I don't know. I just don't have the, the interest and perhaps because there isn't high scoring. Um, uh, it's, it's, it's not, a, it's not a good spectacle this year. Um, terrible footy, a yeah, lot of it. Yeah. Absolutely terrible. It is. Um, it didn't help that we didn't get to watch our team play on the, on the weekend. Um, yeah, so uh, watch this. Uh, watch this space. <laughs> Does it, do either of you know when the the next lot of uh, fixturing comes out? Of has the has the George? Have you heard anything uh, in terms um, of that? This is a pure guess, but um, uh, Mark McGowan, McGowan, I think from the news, yeah. the Western Australian Premier on the news tonight was talking about the AFL coming out with uh, discussions about a Western Australian hub in the next couple of days sounded like some decision had been made, which means fixtures um, would be a consequence of that. So 
I would think that there'll be something come out in the next within the next week uh, if that is the case. Um, again, we just got to wait and see what what comes out. But the Northern Territory news today were running very strongly, uh, suggesting the same sort of thing that that they were going to be part of an AFL hub plan going forward too. So. Um, yeah, watch this space. Well, West didn't Western Australia announce? Well, they said that the the two West Coast teams, when they come back, they can home quarantine. Um, That's correct. Yeah, yep. and and they've also announced uh, uh, crowds now for Optus Stadium in Perth too, of up to sixty thousand, which I think is the capacity there anyway. So that seemed a bit bizarre to me. Perhaps I'm no, I, d- I, I saw that as well. So, uh, but is that the, the capacity is sixty thousand? Yeah, isn't yeah, it? yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it returned to normal, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so look, that's going to be a huge advantage uh, for and South uh, West Coast and Frio, and also for South Australian teams because I believe their government has announced at least fifty percent capacity. I think yep. even as early as the next next week can be. Uh, can be put in place, so hmm, they're and, certainly and that here. Totally we don't changes the dynamics of of, uh, of the game too. So um, just something we've got to got to cop on the chin and move on. Um, so uh, some Victorian teams will probably be going to Western Australia. We might um, avoid that, having played West Coast in the first round. Uh, <laughs> depending on how they do it, uh, we might go there for maybe a day like um i don't know how that that will work but we might have to play frio or something i'm sure well the afl will (laughs) will send us there to play frio um but i don't know i think i think the plan andy is that a team will go there for two weeks yep um, so that they play west coast and frio well that rules us probably have a buy arrangement the week after or something like that and then sort of swap swap other teams in in um in through that ar- arrangement, um, I'm a little bit unsure about how uh, West Coast get to play games not in in Western Australia anymore. Um, but again, the uh, fixtures are a little bit flexible at the moment, <laughs> uh, and I'm sure that we'll be uh, we'll be given the the raw pineapple end again. Yeah, uh, but we'll, look, we might uh, escape that if 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 that involve if if what you say is correct and and uh, going over there for two weeks to play both teams that we've played West Coast, so that might rule us That's out right. that way. And you mentioned that there might be a bye the week after, where we might have to play Essendon in a in any bye sort of situation. So um, yeah, or, or, or that we just play Fremantle over here. Well, that, that that that's the way it was meant to be, wasn't it? Yeah, early in the year, exactly. so I'll I'll, t- I'll take that. Um, it, it's certainly a bizarre year. Uh, let's, um, well, I guess uh, we can turn our attention. But there was a game. Um, there was a game uh, played this week. We we didn't get to. Um, we didn't get to see it. Uh, I guess it was never really on the cards um, for us to um, to have vision of that game. Um, Melbourne aren't going to uh, put you know, complete vision of, our, of, of what's effectively a, a training run of, of match simulation uh, for other teams to, to dissect, um, you know, if we don't have to. So I don't think there was ever a lot of supporters wanted it, obviously. Um, but we did get uh, to see uh, all the goals 
So we've got a bit of vision but from the game. That they, um, you know, there's 24 hours in this. The club's done well to to put anything out to fans. Um, so um, in the circumstances, it's uh, yeah, it's a good effort. I thought. Uh, well, I, I assume I'm not sure where the the footage came from. Whether Melbourne had to set up their own stuff, or because there was going to be a game there anyway, whether they were able to use um, Channel 7's cameras or at least one of them, because I think the was there multiple ca- in the vision that we saw. Was there multiple cameras going on? I'm not. Uh, I'm not sure if it was just the one angle. Okay. That we're seeing, but uh, I'm sharing a screen with you guys at the moment, uh, so we can have a look at uh, some of the vision. Uh, George, um, yep. the teams that were put out, we we had our. It, it looks it looks from what people what I can ascertain from this, it looks like it started off sort of a, an A team and a B team, and when I say A as in the, the regular team, possibly the team that was going to be lining up was in one team. Um, is that what it looked like to you, George? Yeah, that, that was the case. And, and then uh, as the game progressed, they obviously uh, tried different people in different uh, locations and swapped them around to the other side. Um, you, you can't actually play a serious sort of scratch match like this by putting all your talent in one side. Um, you'll finish up the scenario of having all your good forwards and all your good backs in one half of the ground and nothing else happening. So, um, yeah, they, they spread around obviously as it went on. So it was, it was, it was interesting as to, as from a point of view of, of seeing what the individual players were doing. Um, I think it was the sort of thing that coaches go through on a Monday morning after a game to show individual players what they should have done or, what they liked them doing. So, yeah, it gave us an opportunity to see those sort of things. Um, it's probably the only vision we saw this week, so we spent most of the week looking at it. <laughs> I'm trying to just pull up from the, uh, that, uh, the well, the effectively was the match day thread, even though we didn't get uh, to see any vision uh, during the game. I'm just seeing uh, the goal someone had put up who had kicked goals. All right, I just wanted to have that up. All right, well, um, we'll see how this goes. <laughs> I'm sharing uh, the screen with the boys now. Um, so we've got vision now of, um, I think that was Jordan goes over to uh, Dunkley, who kicks to, to Gus without the, without the helmet, uh, who kicks into uh, Mitch Brown uh, for uh, his first goal. Um, and I think Brown ended up with three for the day. So um, I'll just might pause it now. Uh, we might talk about Brown now. We, we, we can merge this with the with the sort of our, our changes for next week. Um, look, we, we, obviously we have limited vision. All we're seeing is the go- is you know the goals that are being kicked and a little bit of the what's led up to it. But um, if you just look at uh, the the goals for the game, two names uh, are sort of absent from there. Um, two big names uh, when we're talking about our forward line, uh, Tom McDonald and uh, Sam Wiedemann. Neither of them kicked a goal. Now, we could, you know, obviously, we don't have the vision. We don't know what they did. We don't know what they're, you know, maybe perhaps they were playing further up the ground and that, you know, their role wasn't uh, to be uh, goal scorers. But um, I don't know, boys, uh, does the lack of goals on on their part is is that worrying um george i'll go with you first um 
not 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 so much um especially if you if you're trialing things in a game um Tom McDonald in a couple of those goals later on that we'll probably work through uh he was obviously working further up the ground yeah. um which is good that that's the link role that you need that leading forward um taking the contested marks on the wing area and and then delivering um the real concern was Wiedemann that I saw very little. I think in one of the shots he did a hand pass to, I can't remember who it was, um, but there was no no Wiedemann leading, no Wiedemann marking, um, which is a real concern, and especially when you've got someone who's Brown, like Brown, who's probably a third choice, um, kicking three goals in the game. So, um, yeah, I think Wiedemann's got a lot of work to do um, to get back to being in contention for the games. Um, what I did take out of this first particular one, you'll see when uh, Dunkley kicks the ball, if you have a look in the top, in the top left-hand corner, as he kicks the ball, there are three defenders who, who are running forward and they get caught out of position and then they have to run back. Yep. And that, and that leaves that huge hole for Brown to run into. Um, I was, that, that was the, 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 the coaching point that I think I'd be bringing to these guys, you know, you're moving too quickly up the ground and, and none of them get to the contest. They're just sitting in the space doing nothing there, but leaving this huge space when they get caught behind the ball and going back after the Dunkley kick to Brown just waltzed in there you know, to the 40 metre mark straight out in front. It's yeah, not what was, you want to see. There was no one sort of in front of him. He had a, he had a beautiful space uh, to run into. OMAC was about five, ten metres behind him as well. Um, so it's, it's something that I like about Brown. Um, I'd like to see more of him in the seniors, but it could be a case that, you know, he performs in, in the in the twos, and obviously we're not going to get to see him perform in the twos this year. Um, but then when he gets to the seniors, sort of doesn't do anything. But, you know, we'll see. You know, you've got to give him a chance to prove himself. Um, uh, yeah, and he's got... He's got a body that'll be there at the end of the season or, you know, when people start to get some injuries after. We've only been into it effectively two rounds so far and injuries will occur and I'm sure at some stage we'll be looking for another body to stick in the forward line. Well, he was brought in uh, sort of as that insurance uh, perhaps if... if... Tommy Mack went down like he did with the the knee later in the year uh, last year, or if and Wiedemann had the 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 his his issues with his hips, um, so that's why he was brought into the team. But uh, we might see him sooner rather than than later. Hey, he played in the first game, didn't he? Did he? Yes. Yeah, yeah. he did. Yeah. Yeah, made lots of drop marks. <laughs> yes, that's correct. Yes. All right. Uh, so uh, yeah, so kicked a nice nice goal from uh, on on fifty uh, for the for the blue team, uh, which is the B team. Um, so as we we've got a a, a, a ruck is contest. Is there anything to be read into the fact that Angus Brayshaw started in the blue team, or is that just uh, as George said, just making sure that that there's a bit of talent in the other side too? Possibly. Well, that, that's an interesting one because he he was he was named uh, in the team. Uh, and, and did Jones start in uh, in the A's or the B's? Jones is in the B's, in the blue B's. the blue team. Um, mm. uh, perhaps they they did that just to even up the the midfield a bit. Uh, I would assume that yep. the B team midfield would have consisted of uh, Sparrow, um, 
Well, it depends yeah. where Jones actually started. It looks like in, in this bit of footage where we've got paused at the moment, it looks like Jones and Langdon are on each other. So it's possible that Jones played on the wing or at least started there because this is earlier on in the game. Uh, but look, we're going off a very little uh, amount of vision, so <laughs> it's hard hard to tell. Um, ruck contest uh, between uh, uh, Maxi and young uh, Austin uh, Bradkey. Uh, a bit of a, a mismatch in age and, and uh, talent. Um, it would uh, it look like from the from the first bit of footage uh, that we saw? It looked like Jackson was playing deep in the forward line for the for the blue team as well. So they had a two pronged uh, Brown and Jackson. So, uh, but in some of the vision we did, uh, some of the pictures we saw from the weekend, uh, Jackson did play rucks. I'm, but it looks like perhaps uh, uh, Bradkey was going as the first ruck for the Blues, but. Uh, Let's go on with this uh, ruck contest. Melksham gets it out of the ruck. Uh, snap. And this is a bug. He, he snapped. It fell short. And um, and uh, uh, Jaden Hunt was in the goal square, one-on-one with Jetta and takes the mark. I've got a bit of – this is a bit of a, a point of contention with me with our uh, snap kicking. I don't believe many of our players – have much penetration in their snap kicking. And um, where did uh, Melksham took this snap? What's he, about 35, 30 metres? 35, out? yeah. And it's dropped, you know, a good five metres short. I, I doubt he was passing that. Um, I think he was having a shot for goal. I see lots of opposition players get the ball 40 out it, you know, the ball out of a pack and just snap around their body and goes through... Post height, I, I never see that with many of our players. I don't know I don't if you guys notice that. I think it's a league-wide thing. I think you're getting mixed up with some of the um, some of the historical videos that have been shown on Fox <laughs> before the season resumed. Because when I go back and watch Alan Jakovic, he used to snap from fifty and it'd go through a post height on his wrong foot. And it's true that um, uh, certainly in in in, uh, in in my experience, it seems that. Um, it seems that it's across the board, not just at Melbourne. But, yeah, players can't snap the distances. So what's could. happened? What, what's happened to players? Because that's not a part. He wasn't passing then. Uh, that's fallen short. And I noticed uh, Brayshaw does it. I've seen uh, a lot of them do it. I, I notice it all the time that there's just no penetration in, in those snap kicks. Mm. Who knows? Yeah, it's, it's unusual because if you remember in the uh, Hawthorne final last year, Melcham snapped one from about 50 so he can do it, but well, that one not doing it. That one was sort of that's across, more across, across the body. that's across the body. So you get a bit more penetration in that. I'm talking about those pure like those snaps out of the air that they do actually go sort of high up. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I maybe I am confusing it with uh, you know sort of past memories. Uh, <laughs> but I just noticed that we we don't seem to do it, and perhaps it is league wide. But uh, yeah, look, but I can't kick like that so anyway we'll move on there was, uh, a, there was yeah. a little bit um at the start of that uh play there where max tapped it out if you have a look I'm going back this to is it. this is some of the uh, unseen work that oliver does um at the very start you'll you'll see that oliver actually takes brayshaw out so that patrack is released yes because it was, was patrack. absolutely no yeah. statistics for that 
but effectively that whole goal was a result of Oliver doing the work. See how he's yep. oh, yes. locked him out beautifully and, and Petraka's released. And releasing someone like Petraka in that situation is lethal, as as it's as we've seen. But so, yeah, it's nice to see and the, the talent that's, that's there in someone who's so young. Well, there was a situation there. They're both, it looks like, yeah, so it looks like uh, Brayshaw and Petraka are on each other. Uh, Clary goes over blocks Brayshaw to release Petraka. It's a beautiful tap from from Maxi and who and the released Petraka gets the ball. Uh, absolutely beautiful. And then a handball from Petraka to Melksham, who, as we talked about, uh, snaps across his body and it falls short straight into uh, Jaden Hunt's hand who uh, kicks a goal. Uh, Jaden Hunt will talk about... Um, he kicked... Oh, he only kicked the one goal. Sorry, I thought he, he'd kicked more than that, but he just kicked uh, that one. Um, he's obviously playing forward uh, and sort of deep forward, it looks like, um, from from that uh, vision. Uh, we'll go on to the next one. Uh, so we can see the midfield set up uh, here. Um, Jonesy is in the middle at this uh, ball up. Um, so Jones is on Petrarca. Uh, uh, Gorney's matching up against Bradkey. Uh, who is Clary on there? Uh, George, can you tell as I release it? Uh, uh, Jordan, I think. Jordan, All right, we'll yep. go back. So so Jordan's in the middle. It looked like Sparrow uh, is on the wing with uh, Langdon. Who are the two behind? That looks like Vandenberg and... and uh, I want to just go back and see who... I don't know. I can't tell who that is. No, I can't. No. All right, we don't see the number, but it could have been either Dunkley. It could have been Dunkley. All right, uh, we'll we'll go back to that. Uh, That's uh, from out of the middle. Um, Out of the middle, uh, we get uh, Maxi. A spill down, Oliver just just beautiful, gets the ball. He's got so much time over to to Salem. Kicks it into a contest that's dropped. Uh, Pickett's right at the fall of the ball. Handballs to Melksham, who picks it up and slots a goal uh, on the run. Um, there's a lot to like uh, in that. Uh, Clary just just beautiful. Um, and then from the from the spoiled contest in the forward line, Pickett. Uh, and this is what we want to see. Um, Pickett's, you know, he, he's. He just reads the ball so well uh, as the ball hit the ground then. Uh, gets it off to Melksham, kicking a goal. Um, that's what we want to see. Yeah, I was, I was a little bit concerned about a couple of players in that. Uh, Brayshaw was one and Chandler was the other, who when the ball was at that point sort of getting towards towards uh, um, Cozzy is that, they seem to be going at half pace and only only accelerated um, once he had the ball, which was far too late. Um, you, you can't afford at this level to be um, you know, just trotting around the field and, and letting things happen. So, again, it's the sort of thing I think the coaches would be pointing out to them. Yeah. Uh, next one, we've got, we got uh, another ruck contest. Max uh, gets it out, but uh, ball intercepted. Uh, th- Brayshaw gets it out. Was that a mark to um, uh, 
it mustn't have been a mark Jackson. to Jackson because he yeah. seemed to play on. So I'm just going to I just want to watch that again. The ball gets kicked out uh, towards Jackson in the forward line. Um, no, it, was, it looks like it might have been touched and called play on because you, you don't think that um, he would do that. But Jackson gets it out to um, to Wiedemann, who it was actually quite a nice handball. Wiedemann, who did he handball it into to kick the goal uh, in the end there? Was that Nib? Uh, uh, Bedford, I think, wasn't it? Or no, no, no. Was it was, Brown? A, it was Brown, Brown. Yeah, it was for Brown's yeah. second, second goal. Um, yeah. Uh, we've got uh, Bedford getting it down onto the wing, kicks it out. We've got a few loose players. I think that's Nibbler kicking it into uh, uh, Corey Wagner, uh, who was sort of al- almost alone in the goal square, kicks kicks a goal. Um, it was nice to see that delivery from Bedford. He, he had three options, I think, at that point, and he chose to go over the top um, and just release the players into space, which was um, which made it really easy for AMB running into the uh, f- mm. forward 50 there. Oh. So it was nice to see that. All right. Um, all right, next, uh, next one. Oh, that's, uh, sorry, uh, I went back too far. So this is when we don't have a, a game to watch. This is uh, this is the uh, what we're ah oh, this this one uh, irked me a bit. Uh, what's happened to uh, Stephen May uh, to his kicking? Uh, we saw in the Carlton game uh, a couple of his kickouts were were uh, were atrocious, and uh, he's got the ball uh, inside the fifty arc uh, and he's kicked it into the man on the mark, which has uh, resulted resulted in a in a goal to. To Bedford, um, it's un- unacceptable for someone who's uh, you know supposedly one of the best kicks in the team. Um, the, the interesting thing from that, from my perspective on that one, was I don't know who in the hell he was kicking it to. Um, <laughs> the uh, the limited amount of vision we got when he's actually taking the kick, well, we... I can't see anyone <laughs> anyone on his side within within range. It's obviously going to be a short kick of some oh, sort. Oh, it was, yeah, there was only, only blue people in the in the screen. Even if that if that had not been um, uh, intercepted by the guy on the mark, uh, it would have gone to someone in blue. Uh, it, yeah. it was looking like it was a really short kick, and there was no one there. So yes, you're you're hundred percent correct uh, there. Uh, and hmm, so Bedford then uh, mopped up for for yep. a goal. Yeah, interesting. Uh, and that was Gus. Gus over to Corey Wagner on the wing. Wagner finds uh, Brown, uh, who was out in front of Oscar uh, McDonald. Uh, oh, one of those stupid 50-metre uh, penalties uh, that we hate. Uh, Bennell got into that. Um, uh, what happened there was uh, Omak left the, left the mark uh, for Bennell, but Bennell, Bennell was in um, uh, the protected space at the time, so it was a 50-metre Penalty to Brown. Was, I think it was Rivers who left the mark. Oh, it was Rivers, not uh, not yeah, Omak. Yeah, he's, but, no. yeah, I think you're right. I think yeah, it was, uh, he, he yeah, should it never was have left yep. that chasing uh, chasing Wagner down the wing there. Um, he was already well covered by Smith. Yeah, um, and, and Benel, you know, is coming in to cover up the uh, very obvious lack of someone sitting on the mark. So. 
Can't blame him for that. No, no, no. Uh, yeah. Uh, Ruck Conscious, uh, Tomlinson in the Ruck, do it, filling in duties for Max when Max is resting, gets it over to um, uh, to, to Clary, uh, who gives it off. To, was that uh, Melksham for his um, for another goal? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, then we have uh, Clary in the middle again, gets uh, tackled, dispossessed. Uh, Jordan picks up. Uh, oh, then Jordan Jordan got a got a free. Oh, another fifty metre penalty. Oh, yeah, 50, that, that, yeah, Max, that was. A... <laughs> I think what happened there. Max played on. Yep. When after after the whistle and again, silly fifties. You don't start. You don't give away these sort of sort of ones. That's that's the second one. Uh, I think there's another one subsequently coming up as well. So what it looked like then uh, after Jordan uh, got the goal from the fifty metre penalty, uh, almost everyone in the blue team went up to him. Uh, so is that in lieu of uh, him kicking his first goal in <laughs> AFL football? Uh, maybe his first goal on the G. Uh, we see uh, T-Mac get it up, uh, sort of up at uh, half-forward flank, uh, kicks yeah, this, a this, long this, ball in. This is nice, see, seeing T-Mac. That's exactly what we want him to do. You know, that link man out, out the side, nice, strong, contested mark, and finding Fritsch in the forward line. So Fritsch, uh, Fritsch kicked three goals. Oh, we don't know what uh, – uh, I'll, I'll pause it here. Uh, we don't know uh, – we don't have the point how many points <laughs> were scored, but uh, our, um, our disappointment with uh, Fritch in the past couple of weeks, but uh, well, round one and round two uh, being over two, <laughs> two, two and a bit months, uh, was his inaccuracy in front of goal. Uh, I think he's kicked one. He had kicked one goal six. Uh, seeing him kick three goals, let's hope it wasn't three goals six that he kicked on the day. But uh, good to see him uh, finding the, finding the big sticks again. Um, uh, where, you, where you pause the next one, Andy, yep. is just fantastic. Yep. Bunnell's got the the ball above his head. Yep. And there are seven blue players Yep. Uh, between him and the next red player. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and watch what happens. He gives it out to Gus, who's who's uh, yep. changed teams. Gus kicks it over into the to the, to the pocket almost uh, uh, to Hannon. Hannon finds... Um, uh, Pickett on the lead, Pickett from what's was he, thirty five forty out, uh, kicks a goal. So, uh, yeah. Oh, we've once got. Again, yep. Once again, there was a little bit of concern there. How in the hell did Pickett get to be on his own, thirty five meters out? You know, there's, there's something, something not quite working. It might, might, it might be the uh, blue team's back lines not quite um, uh, uh, switched on, or they're not not right. the. Uh, Completely by himself. But, but yep. look, he's all on his own there. <laughs> Completely by himself in the hole, no one around him. Or well, uh, we could look at this the other way, and perhaps this is a good thing in our forwards now starting to find connection. Um, mm. <laughs> <laughs> and this is this is what we'll see in matches going forward. Yeah. Uh, what was interesting is uh, what was interesting there. Benel handballed it over to uh, Brayshaw, who who was obviously switched teams at this point. But when Brayshaw was playing on the blue team, he was helmetless. Uh, when he's changed to the red team, helmets back on. Uh, I wonder what uh, what what the thought process there, because often we see him at training without the helmet, uh, but obviously game day he's wearing it. Um, so yeah, just something interesting to to note. I went to a, um, uh, a sort of a little presentation with uh, Harms and, and Brayshaw last year early on in the season 
and somebody asked him about his helmet and he said, look, the, in all honesty, the helmet doesn't do anything in terms of concussion or he's been told by the medical experts that it really doesn't uh, affect anything, um, but he wears it because his mum's worried. So <laughs> <laughs> if his mum wasn't at the game, that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, presumably she uh, has access to YouTube, so... Uh, and yeah. she'll give him a, a tongue lashing when he gets home. Maybe that's why... Uh, maybe she turned up at uh, halftime and uh, that's why he uh, he wore it. Um, uh, this one, we got... Um, uh, the blue team, Spargo, gives it out to uh, Wagner, who gives it back to Spargo, a snap for, sort of from the pocket. Nice to see uh, Spargo get amongst it. Uh, in terms of Spargo, what happens there? Um, he got the two weeks uh, for the indiscretion. He, he, I believe the AFL gave him two weeks because he wasn't named in the Carlton match. Um, so he got the penalty for that, the two weeks for that, that would preclude him from being selected the week after because uh, he had it when he got the penalty, he hadn't been selected um, in the team. At the time, um, but I thought it was a reflection on his seniority um, relative to Cosy and the fact that he led Cosy astray. It was his decision, or he oh, was it? Oh, oh, that's 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 what I read. Did, did I you did did you hear that? Because I, I didn't hear. I'm I've been just assuming that that's why they gave him the two weeks. I, I didn't know that uh, there was. I would have thought. There should be one rule for all, regardless of uh, seniority or leading oh, look, Australia. Sure. Or, or I, I did read I, I that thought, on Demon Land, so. Yeah, I, I thought it was because Spargo had organised to go out to yep. this uh, meeting um, and took Cozzy along, basically. Yeah. Mm, interesting. And that, I that then, for me, solved the riddle of why Jetta was roughing up Spargo on the weekend, <laughs> um, <laughs> probably just protecting Cozzy and saying, don't you lead. Uh, my boy astray. Uh, well, was it because uh, it was Spargo that ordered the Uber? It was on his account <laughs> that he got the two weeks. Um, hmm, okay, yep, yeah, uh, fair enough. Uh, any, anyway, what happens there? He he played this <laughs> played in this game. He was obviously allowed to because it's training effectively. Um, I presume he has to serve out another week's suspension. Um, but we, I don't, we, yeah, I don't, I don't know, know on that yeah. one, but yeah. I would suspect that yeah. that's the case. Yeah. Um, and con- well, he's kicked two goals in this game. Um, uh, so yeah, interesting. Um, anyway, it's probably a moot point. Uh, we got it on the on the wing, Langdon doing what Langdon does, kicking it into the forward line, hitting up. Um, is that Fritchie? Melksham, no, it's Melksham. Melksham. I can tell by his style of kicking. Um, it's hard to tell sometimes because some of the uh, when it's far away they <laughs> all look the same on this uh, small screen. Um, who's got that there, uh, George? On uh, this is the blue uh, team going forward, half forward flank. Is that Jordan? Can't quite see. No, it. that's Spar- I think it's Spar- yeah, Spargo. It's Spargo. Spargo okay. kicks it into a leading uh, nibbler uh, who marks it uh, sort of in, in right on a tight angle. Kicks a beautiful goal um, from the pocket. So it's interesting. How many has has Nippler got the one or the two? Did he kick a goal before? Or no, he passed it in. Uh, so he's yeah. only got the one. So 
We've got uh, Tomlinson gets it from Viney on the wing, kicks it up to uh, Hunt, who plays on uh, in 50. Uh, looks like he's going to have a shot for goal, but handballs it over to Hannon, who's now by himself because his opponent had to leave him. Kicks a goal uh, right in the square. We've got the red team uh, going forward again. Langdon off to Pickett. Uh, this is a good piece of play. Pickett kicks it in front of Hunt. Hunt picks it up on the 50, handballs it into Bennell who kicks his first goal. Nice snap. Nice bit of penetration as well, I might add, uh, guys, uh, for a guy that doesn't have any calves. Um, so, uh, yeah, it was good to see uh, Ben will get a goal in which, um, you know, Pickett uh, also was involved in. Um, yeah, this is what we want to see, and this is why I want to be able to get back to the G <laughs> to watch this. Um, next bit of play, all they show is I'm not. We don't even know what happened. They've got uh, uh, they've got Spargo just having a shot for goal, but it looks like it might have been as a result of maybe a 50 meter penalty or something. Um, yeah. And he just sneaks it through through as well. And uh, I want to know why they didn't get another 50 meters because both Salem and Hibbert were about two meters away from him <laughs> when he was when the mark was set. But hey. Obviously, the umpires haven't improved. No, no. Uh, we've got uh, Hunt on the wing, uh, kicks it to a leading uh, T-Mac again, uh, which is ex- almost identical to T-Mac's mark before. So, you know what? If, if T-Mac's going to be getting the ball uh, at sort of true centre-half forward and getting those leads and kicking it in, I, I guess that's what we want to see from him. Uh, you know, if he's not going to be hitting the scoreboard, uh, we want to see him being that link man on half-forward. Um, so T-Mac kicks it into the forward line to the leading Fritch and a nice kick and a nice lead as well. So that connection, uh, Great Viney, that you were talking about, it absolutely worked then. Okay, Maxi gets it in the middle, uh, off to Petraka, little chip pass off to Gussie, who kicks it into, uh, Melksham, uh, on 50. Melksham kicks that goal from 50. He, he, it's interesting, um, that, and that was the last goal of the game. Um, uh, so what, Melksham ended up with four, Fritch three, Brown three, Spargo two, uh, one goal to Hunt, Pickett, Bennell, Hannon, Bedford, Jordan and uh, Wagner. Um, so also, so a low-scoring low uh, match. Um, uh, presumably they played... Uh, Sixteen-minute quarters. Um, you you would assume <laughs> assume that. So, yeah, low scores there was a, all around. There's a real absence, not just in this match, yep. but generally of midfielders in our goal kickers. Really, isn't there? We uh, not many of our mids kick many goals. Um, yeah, Viney, not while they're playing. Uh, yeah. Petraka obviously does when he goes forward. Yeah, but that's as a forward, not as that's, a midfielder. That's as a forward. Um, and we, we, we need to get more out of the midfield. Yeah, you, you notice that there are some teams where the midfielders do uh, hit the scoreboard a lot, but you're, you're right, uh, we don't seem to, seem to do that. Um, hmm. And, and the, other, the other side of that is the, um, uh, we saw a couple of examples of that, uh, of the lack of defensive efforts uh, by the midfielders. You know, they seem to think that they've done their job in the middle and they don't have to go back and cover. But uh, we saw that scenario where, you know, Pickett, I think twice was on his own in that in that uh, 50 metre arc. Those, those are the ones that should be cut. That space should be covered by mids just dropping back in there. Um, so 
I think there's a question over over the um, the mids doing enough work up and down the field. Yep. Well, that's been that's been um, sort of uh, one of the one of the uh, things. Uh, the negative uh, commentary about about the D's is uh, sort of the the two way running. Um, so yeah, agree there. Um, uh, look, we we're going into a game um, against Geelong. Uh, thankfully, we're playing them at the G. Uh, we, I guess, on the plus side, we got to play at the G or at least do an extended training session at the G. Uh, it's usually where us going to Cardinia Park after they've trained there. Um, well, they train there all the time, so they're coming to to our neck of the woods um, <laughs> for once. When do we we don't really get to play them there? I know we played them in the final there, um, but it's not often we get to play them at at the G. Um, I'd love to know the stats. I think we we rolled that out at one of the podcasts last year or the year before, uh, but we really don't get to play them much um, at the G. We so. have the last two years we played them in was it round one or round two yeah that's two, true the, yeah. The max yeah the max, max miss yep and, and of course the they uh, um we played them early last year too i think didn't we um no we played them at uh cardinia park uh last year early in the year that's when may got injured uh, it was raining it was a night or a twilight game um so no we didn't play them at the g yep so yep just the 18th yep um, I've forgotten about last year. <laughs> it's yes. been wiped, uh, and I'm, I'm sure if 2021 uh, goes back to normal, uh, footy will probably forget 2020 pretty quickly. Except, uh, can for... I just say on that point, yep. um, I am genuinely, um, <laughs> retrospectively grateful that we had a poor year last year because had we had a good year, um, we would have come into 2020 rightfully anticipating, if not expecting a premiership, only to have it scuttled by this COVID uh, nonsense. So um, from my perspective, that would be unbearable right now um, to have come into the season knowing that we're a really good chance of winning the flag um, and then to have it compromised in such a way. Yeah, well, that certainly would have been uh, disappointing if we were flag favourites and... and, uh uh, we talked about it last week about uh, you know the Asterix Premiership and how that's got to be viewed uh, in you know in history and at least by the wider AFL community. Um, you know, obviously, you know you want to you know if we're there uh, at the end of the year, you you want to win, but uh, you just wonder how it's all going to be viewed by history. Um, it's an interesting one. Uh, Bim Man in the chat room said that uh, Ben Matthews on the Zoom session said the one, the 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 A team, as we're calling them, won the game by ten points, and that they were four by twenty minute quarters, um, which is interesting that they played twenty minute quarters. Um, does that surprise you? I know that obviously playing twenty minutes uh, gives them more time, and you know, uh, fitness wise, I don't know. But if we're playing 16-minute quarters in uh, the regular year, shouldn't they be trying to simulate, if they're doing true match simulation? Um, Maybe it wasn't with time on. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good and, point. And, <laughs> and there's not the same level of intensity when you're playing uh, with your fellow teammates. You know, they, we didn't, while we're looking at the goals being scored, we didn't see too much tackling going on. 
So, you're um, suggesting the that they all the dancing with your sister analogy. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. That that's true. Um, uh, yeah. I guess you don't want some punching on happening uh, as no, happening. We're not Adelaide. Yeah. <laughs> um, so th- this week, going into this week, uh, do you anticipate any changes? Uh, the forecast. Look, did it? I remember we were talking about uh, the the rain. Uh, there possibly was going to rain for the Essendon game. I'm not sure if it did it rain much at all. Uh, I think we got about eight mils on the Saturday, and then. Um one or two on the Sunday, but it wasn't there wasn't very much on the Sunday. But mm-hmm. the gr- the ground would have been slippery. Yeah. Um, do do we go? We we went for a bit of a, a smaller smaller team there. Do we change that up for um, for Geelong, who probably have a uh, maybe a taller team than uh, Essendon? I wouldn't be surprised to see a change or two, on the basis of. Uh, of different opposition and different conditions. Anyone um, in particular? I'd like I'd like to see. Well, I would you know I would have liked to see Wiedemann come back, but we didn't see much of him in the limited vision we saw um, uh, of the uh, intra club match. And I suspect that if they do decide to go tall, they'll go with Jackson anyway. So um, yeah, I, th- I think if they do um, if if they do anything, I think Jackson might be chief among those plans uh were either of you surprised uh given we did the podcast on tuesday last week it was uh before the uh you know we sort of speculated what might happen um but uh weedeman the week before had kicked five goals and so had brown uh neither of them got the call up uh it turned out that jackson was initially named in the in the squad but then was taken out uh did did any of those moves uh surprise you uh, George, or? Um, no, I, th- I think we anticipated all the teams, sorry, all the players that were going to be in the overall team, um, and they dropped a couple um, at the end. I think Jones was dropped out and Jackson dropped out, but that that could be just about what's happening on the day and who your opposition are directly, and I think that it'll be the same this week. I know that uh, Viney, in an interview today, um, was pumping up Jones's efforts, um, which usually indicates to me when they do that on the uh, club side that somebody is going to be selected. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him back in the side this week. I don't know who they're going to drop. Um, uh, but um, it was nice that having had, having been able to play um, this scratch match that we actually got some run into Hannon and Vandenberg yep. and uh, Bunnell as well. Um, yep. So I think it'd be, I don't think there'll be any of those ones um dropping out and and their efforts we didn't see much of Vandenberg in this no. in the scratch match um, but certainly the other two we saw enough that I think will guarantee them to stay in the side yep uh, Jones being uh, dropped last week um, you know I know that uh, you mentioned that Viney said you know that was pumping his tyres up but uh, have we seen the last of Jonesy not the last of him, um, no. but look, uh, you know, if we see um, the less we see of Jones, means the more we're seeing of others that are overtaking him, and that's a good thing in terms of the long-term interests of the club. 
uh, it's, it might be difficult for Nate as he goes through to the transition now. He's, he's in the twilight of his career, so this is going to happen more and more. Um, but uh, he'll be back. Um, there'll be injuries. There might be loss of form. Um, and uh, he still has something to contribute, but... Um, yeah, and getting at the getting at the end of the road, and, and as well, three games in uh, ten days down the track, <laughs> or nine days yep. that might uh, exactly contribute. But I, I really feel for the guys like the Sparrows and the Jordans who who aren't getting uh, because there's uh, uh, no reserves competition. There are going to be scratch matches along the way, but uh, you know, and they were lucky this week to sort of play in a in a sort of match simulation thing rather than 14 on 14. But it's going to be sort of hard for them to get in. But I guess when if they do get the call up, uh, they've got to, you know, take the game by the scruff of the neck because uh, they've got to really have to impress uh, if they want to stay in there, um, given that there's not yep. a lot of opportunity to, um, to, to sort of impress the selectors. Yeah, the the example was set by Rivers. I think you know, when you when you're given that opportunity, you've got to show something. So uh, um, yeah, it's a pity. I, I'm great raps for Sparrow. Um, he he will get games this year. There's no doubt, and he's got the body that's ready to go. But also Jonesy's got a very resilient body as well. So uh, even if he's not playing in these early games, he will play at a later stage because he. You know, I think he played 22 games uh, last year, or certainly over 20. Um, which uh, for a lot of players that that was unachievable last year. So it's nice that we've got these options. Um, I think we'll go for as hard and as tough as team as we can when you've got Selwood and Ablett and and Guthrie and and Dangerfield uh, in the opposition mids. You need need as many tough, hard in and unders as we can possibly put in there. So I doubt that we'll see any. The, the likes of a Sparrow or a Jordan up against that sort of quality of opposition at the moment. Um, he's stuck on uh, 287 games. Um, at the moment, there are 16, well, less than that. Oh, no, 16, because we've still got that game to make up. Um, doesn't leave much margin for error. Uh, I would... I'm guessing this is his last year. He was given a one. Was he given a one-year contract? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, well, it depends what happens because this year's been sort of a funny year. He, they might give him another year contract if his body's okay and if he is still getting a, a regular game. But uh, obviously, it's a watch this space. But I'd love, I'd love for him to uh, to play thirteen uh, games and get that three hundred games. Under his belt, I, th- I think as a club that that's the sort of thing that we need. We've only got Neats in that category at the moment, um, and for such a loyal servant of the club, um, it, I don't think he needs to do it this year. We've only got a 17-round season. He's already uh, missed two of the ga- two of the games, isn't it? Um, and uh, so even if he gets you know 10 games this year or eight games this year, plays for you know. A, a filler role for next year for five or six games that'll get him over the line, um, and there, I think there'll be plenty of opportunity for that. Um, it's it's not like it's a, a long hard season. It's not going to be a, a twenty-two round season this year, so um, the body um, isn't taking the same sort of beating. So I wouldn't be surprised if he gets another chance at the end of this year if he doesn't get over the three hundred this year. Yeah. 
Um, all right. Uh, uh, is there anything else that we need to discuss? I don't think there, there's much going on besides uh, that uh, <laughs> this weekend. We, we just got the news in, in the injury report today about Petty. Oh, yeah. Um, that's Going that, out for, um, for surgery on a groin. Never good news. Uh, and the same for for Hoare, who apparently had some sort of accident in the in the weights room and has, needs surgery on a quad. So we so we knew that he. I think last week we already knew about the quad. Um, I think we've just found out that he yeah, Hoare requires surgery for that. Um, uh, Petty, have they announced that he needs surgery for that? I thought I read that yeah. he's going to go. He's uh, see seeing some other doctor. Um, to get that looked at, but I'm assuming that, yeah, so both of them are, have, have been listed as indefinite. Um, yep. We know as Melbourne supporters that indefinite is never a good thing. We usually don't see them again uh, for the rest of the year when that comes on. Um, the I, I guess the, the, the good news uh, in terms of the injury list is that we came through the, the, the intra-club unscathed uh, which is a good thing. Um, and, and the other news, well, it's, it's never liked to, uh, to celebrate opposition injuries, uh, certainly. Um, but uh, Stanley, uh, Geelong's ruckman, Reese Stanley, um, was injured um, and looks like he won't be playing this week against Max. Having said that, yeah. we often don't fare well <laughs> when that <laughs> sort of happens either. <laughs> Usually the guy that comes in tears us apart. Um, yeah. If, if Stanley doesn't play, it'll be a big loss to them because um, he, play, he played very well. Um, I, was surpri- I was surprised. I think he finished the game but um, had, had announced some injury afterwards. But not having him on the ground will, will make the Geelong mids job very difficult. I don't know who they'll play as their second one, maybe Radicalia, or they have to move him up the ground. Uh, I don't think they use B-clavs anymore. Um, have to wait and see on, on that one, but it's a big out for them. Uh, also a bit of a, a pity that we're playing um, playing them after the, the game uh, that they just had. Uh, they'd be extremely disappointed in their efforts. Um uh, against Carlton, so uh, yeah, that's, uh, I'd want to atone for that. Uh, did you see the incident with Radagalia, uh punching uh, the ball back into into play, costing them a goal? That that was very Melbourne esque, I thought. <laughs> yeah, I thought they were a bit harsh on him because, yeah, look, he, his awareness was poor, but uh, he might have thought there was a player to his side, so he might have thought that he was doing the safe thing. And that perhaps somebody could still spoil it. Yeah. I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. Um, all right. Uh, well, I think uh, well, the interesting interesting with Geelong, um, if they were horses, you would swab them after <laughs> after a game like that, you know, where they did nothing for three quarters, and the previous week they were unstoppable. That's um, I don't know what's going on down there, but let's hope they um, hope they. Uh, play the same way as they did in the first three quarters against Carlton. It seems like the tale of this year so far, um, you know, from week to week, uh, teams are Jekyll and Hyde and sometimes within one game they're, they're that we can attest to that from from just a couple of two weeks ago. Um, it seems like that's happening to a, a lot of teams. Uh, teams are going 
missing after a certain time or waking up. Um, mm. Anyway, we'll see how it pans out. Uh, boys, uh, thank you very much uh, for joining me on this uh, sort of a strange uh, week, uh, certainly for the demons. Um, you know, I, I you know, <laughs> it's an extremely strange week for us. Uh, you know, we, we got uh, had our one one day of uh, release for the week taken away from us. So, uh, you know, we had to fill it with uh, watching some highlights of goals uh, in a scratch match. Uh, thank you, uh, George, and thank you, uh, Grapeviney, for joining me. And we'll be back next week. Thanks, Eddie. Thanks, guys.